I'm Sam Mitchell, and these are my stories. Hi, folks. I hope you're having a good day today. Let me the first welcome you to Autism Rocks and Rolls. Now, before we begin, I must know that I am not a doctor or psychiatrist. If your son or daughter is diagnosed with autism, please see a physician. I only speak based on my experiences. I also don't own the rights to this music. Both musics are found www.archive.org and googledrive.com. I also have a mission statement that I like to rephrase. So our mission of Autism Rocks and Rolls is to take the stigma off of autism and other conditions that many think are disabilities. People on the spectrum are not broken and do not need to be fixed. Those who have conditions or abilities do not want to be pitied. There's nothing to be sorry about. Now, I also have some paid for the following. I want to give a shout out to Farm Bureau. I want to give a big thank you to my man, Brand Barrett at Farm Bureau in Bedford, Indiana. He also gave a very generous donation to help me build my podcast and business. This isn't there today for all your insurance needs. Please check out Casper Kids as well. Brand and his wife run this fishing charity. I've helped many kids over the years. Right now, they're looking for kids to join. If you know someone with a disability that would love to fish, let us know or brain bear at Farm Bureau Insurance in Bedford, Indiana. This event will be held on August 14th. Also given to Steve Miller and Angel Shear. These two have been behind me 100%. Check out Stephen Miller Tax Service today in Bloomington, Indiana. I know taxing is over, but they are late filings too. The tax service will take care of you, so call them today. I also give a shout out to PALS. PALS is a nonprofit therapeutic writing center for people with disabilities, veterans, senior citizens, and at-risk youth. The therapeutic power of the horse is the lead instructor and is an awesome lady. Christina Arthur, who is the name, the whole staff and facility is amazing. Check them out today. When you hear Christina talk and when I read the PALS mission on the website, I realize that our missions are basically the same. PALS wants to promote joy, quality of life, better health, and empowerment by providing therapeutic programs with joy, quality of life, and better health. But listen to this. They also want to provide a caring, safe, and challenging environment. They want to foster growth and individual achievement for all participants that will enable them to reach their highest potential. The key words here are highest potential. Like my Autism Rocks Mills podcast, Pals is trying to show that no matter what, human beings have something to offer society and they will help them to show what they can do. Our audience is not only similar, but we are both trying to change the world one lesson and one episode at a time. I also have some people I like to thank. I want to give a huge thank you to Jeff Teresi and C146. It's not a disability, but a different ability by Jeff Teresi. And thank you for being on my show and keep being awesome. I also like to thank my family for coming to watch me speak again. My speech called The Odd Ways. The speech was about thinking differently. I also want to give a big thank you to Skip Daly for doing so much for me and helping me grow. And I must give it to Nona Pranther for helping me get some speaking gigs. I will soon have the honor to speak because of her. Thank you so much, Nona. I also want to thank the following podcasts. Mark Rio from the Mark the Shark Show podcast. Jessica Bell from the Unmute Your Mic podcast. And Mooksan Baxi, the Letter to Your 17-Year-Old Self podcast. What an amazing podcast and check them out. And finally, I got to give one to Temple Grandin for some amazing advice on public speaking. I see one 24 pictures on the ranch from Temple Grandin for more information, but what an amazing lady and what amazing advice she gave. Also, I'm holding a networking event called the Ability Speed Networking or the Beauties and the Differences said by Mick Foley. We are all different. This is beautiful. I have met lots of people so far through my journey as a podcaster and entrepreneur. Let's all spend two hours simply chatting and let's help others, whether this be professionally or mentally. Let's make connections to help our business grow and to enjoy ourselves. It will be fun. It will be on August 10th at 7 p.m. Check out my website for more details or to get tickets. Now, today, the advertising I play right now is going to reveal what we're doing. So let's hear it. 
JDS Creative Academy is a nonprofit organization that provides advanced visual and performing arts classes. This is a great place for someone with a creative mind. They serve over 700 people annually. You can also become a part of the experience as well, as volunteers are always welcome. Autism Rocks and Rolls most certainly applauds JDS Creative Academy as it encourages education for foster, trauma, and autistic individuals. Visit today for a one-of-a-kind experience at 28609 Diaz Road, Temecula, California, 92590, or give them a call at 951-296-6715. And yes, this has shown what we are doing today because, so we just heard an ad giving a shout out to the folks at JDS Creative Academy or an ad. Well, we have the treat folks there here today, all the way from California with us today on Autism Rocks and Rolls. The best part is that we not only had Diane Strand, the founder of, and the chairman of the board of this nonprofit, 501c3, but we also have joined us a couple of our students involved with the program. Let me tell you a bit about this program. JDS Creative Academy inspires and enhances education, training, and visual, performing, and digital arts. Their target population is anyone looking for an education in the arts or enrichment in the STEM or STEAM model of education. They serve many populations, foster trauma and autistic youth, as well as autistic young adults, and the general population or to adults. They are collaborative groups who create creativity, passion, education, training, creative enrichment, and friends. They also have a lot of fun. We first met Diane online through networking. Once we began talking to her, we have to have her on our show. Her mission aligns with ours. Showcase the talents and abilities of those on the spectrum. This is exactly what our program is doing. Welcome, Diane, and following students, Nathan Rathbun, Garrett Brown, and Aaron Porras. And how are we all doing? Hi, Sam. Thank you for having us. We're really excited to have our students here with you. We got Nathan, Aaron, and Garrett here, and we're super excited to be on your podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. So this actually is to the students, what does having your, what society calls disability or even autism mean to you? I think for me, just being, having autism just means that, you know, my brain just works differently than others. Uh, it's um, something that when I was born with and yeah, I think that's the that's just the pure definition of it. it. Just means that my brain works and functions differently than the average brain. Let's just say it thinks differently. You're going down a different path, right? Yeah. So, what were your initial thoughts to any of the students when you learned you had your condition? Does someone else want to answer that, or would you like me to answer that? Anyone? I'll go ahead and answer that. I was diagnosed at the age of nine, and I didn't know what autism was. I thought it was a disease or something else. Oh, you, you thought it was something else? What did you think it was? It's hard to explain, but it's more like a random, I don't know, disability I never thought of. So now how do you think your brains are operating? How, any of you can answer this? Aaron, Garrett, Nathan, either one of you. I can't quite say for sure exactly how my brain operates differently from anyone else. But, you know, I, I think it's just safe to say it's does. I mean, for me, because I'm high functioning, I don't think it's as big of a difference as the average brain, but you know, it's, it's there for sure. It's, it's there. I mean, I've come a, for me personally, I've come a long way since I was little. I mean, when I was really little, I was severely autistic. I mean, I couldn't talk. I was going through all the symptoms, but then growing up and not just growing up, but also a lot of therapy helped me to get to where I am today. And now people look at me and they, they're surprised that I'm autistic. So that's, that's a good thing. So yeah, I think my brain, you know, it clearly does operate a little differently, but not as not a whole lot. 
So I think that's that's the best way I can put it. Yeah, sure. You, you just you just think differently. So what is the most rewarding and the most stable thing about having autism or having your condition? So I want to say for me, I think like the rewarding thing that I got like for having autism is like creativity. I really want to say creativity um, because my that's that's one of my passions is everything has to do with like creativity like so like art dressing up like I, I do have a social media like where where I put all my like outfits and artwork and it's one of the things I really hope I can do as like a job later on in life cool that's awesome I I think you'll do all right in it based on what you're telling me now what advice would you give to somebody who just learned that they had autism I would say just know that it's, you're going to be all right. It's nothing bad. It's nothing life-threatening or anything like that. It just means that, you know, like, like we mentioned, you're just going to think differently than other people, you know, and as time goes on, you, as you grow up, you get the help you need, you're going to be all right. That's the best advice I can give. I think that's great advice. Now, these are questions are for Diane. So Diane, what does the word neurodivergent mean to you? Well, I have to be honest, it was never a word that I would ever use to describe somebody with autism. I mean, when you look up the definition, it's definitely an individual who has a cognitive variation, but I don't look at our individuals with some sort of variation. I know there's some challenges, but I just see the abilities, not the disabilities. That's awesome. I, I, do, I see the abilities too in these students. I think they do great stuff based on what I'm looking at, despite the challenges they had to overcome. Now, what's, how do you think their brain operates in and out of the classroom or out of the academy? Well, I think they act outside the academy, just like they act when they're here. So I, I don't see a whole lot of difference, you know, especially when I look at the three that are on the screen here, they're all highly intelligent, super creative, and they work really hard they know that there are some challenges that they have to overcome, but they come at them with a positive attitude, you know, and just like everyday humans, you know, we all have struggles and difficulties. And, you know, so we all look at each of their challenges as their own individual challenges. I have my own individual challenges too. They might not be brain driven, they're life driven. And that kind of is all what we all deal with every day. So, you know, I think the way that they are at home, especially now since being in our program, allows them to have a much more productive and fulfilling personal and social life. Yeah, I, it does. I mean, it gives you purpose finally in life. The Academy does, I think, give some of these students purpose, which is what it sounds like. And your response actually leads me to my next question. What's the most worrying thing about working with your students? And are there any like individual and maybe and together challenges that they had or have? With our program, the most rewarding thing about our program is allowing them to have confidence, take leadership in what it is that they're doing, pursuing their passions, being able to identify their passions. I think they all came to our program knowing that they were creative individuals, but now they've been able to take that creativity and focus it a little bit more and learn how to find solutions instead of run into um, their challenges and make them stop in what it was that they were pursuing. They've all found ways to work around their challenges 
and um, rise above them. Yeah, they seem like they rise above the mountain peak. They rise above a lot. Now, what advice would you give to someone or to anyone who is teaching someone with autism or with a disability? Well, my advice is patience. You know, that is, it's a tough thing for anybody to have is patience, whether you are mainstream or a little on the spectrum or a lot on the spectrum. You know, you got to have patience. I believe that when you're teaching anybody, you have to have patience because you know something that they don't. So that's kind of, you know, that's a teaching mentality. The teacher knows something the student doesn't. So you have to come at it with patience. And I think the best thing I can tell anyone who's working with somebody um, who has autism is hands-on. That's what we practice here at the academy is that hands-on training, you know, so that's what I think has really helped and allowed our individuals here at the academy. They get to touch cameras and computers and switchers and work in certain software programs. And, you know, we treat them like colleagues. And I think that that is how you should treat other individuals. Yeah, you need to treat your students like your their colleagues because I know they're not like your staff or anything, but at the end of the day, if you need to teach someone something, they like your workers, you got to show them how it's done. And with you, they get more special experiences with interacting with the cameras and the way they're treated. So tip my hat to you with that. That's a great idea. I, I do want to talk to you more about the academy. So what were some of the steps you had to go through to make the academy? Well, we founded JDS Creative Academy in 2014. At that time, it was all about just visual performing and digital arts and opening that up to the community and allowing the community to be more involved in arts and bringing more arts to the community. And because we opened it up like that, I met an individual who um, had some special needs and was looking for a job. He came through one of the supported employment paid internship programs and I was approached. He loved audio and just needed some skills and a little bit of learning. And I wasn't sure what I was going to do in the beginning, but we brought him on. And of course he was fantastic. And he had a lot of raw talent, just like a lot of people who come out of college, who they've done a lot of learning, but they didn't really have any practice with it. So I knew that if I started giving this individual some practice and some hands-on that they would learn more and be able to thrive. And through that, I started writing a, a program design that was Title 17 based. And we ran that through Inland Regional and we got approved to have a Title 17 video production training program. And that allowed us to open up the doors to a lot of other individuals in a training capacity. And that's kind of how we grew. We still work with mainstream. We still work with foster youth. We work with those with autism. We also work with other special needs, whether that be a learning disability or cerebral palsy or epilepsy and providing opportunities to just pursue your passion. And that's what the arts really does is it's all about passion and arts levels the playing field. And when we all come in, because arts is subjective and creative, everybody has an understanding that this is something that comes from somebody's heart. And while we can critique it, 
it doesn't mean that somebody's subjectivity to any harsh criticism. Yeah, we don't want to like damage them too much, like in my opinion, but I'm glad you think because to me, art is not just a piece of paper and on paper or with a pencil and paper. It's just arts is visual. Arts can be communication arts, camera. I mean, there's so many types of arts. Would you probably agree with that, wouldn't you? I absolutely would agree with that. Arts is anything that you put a passion into that has creativity and something that comes from your heart in it that makes it art relatable. I think you're right. Now, the challenges, were there any challenges you had to go through to make the academy? Well, there are always challenges when you're opening a business and doing things like that. Oh, yeah, I feel you that. Yeah. (laughs) You know, finances are things you have to overcome and you know, you get into the day-to-day of running a business and staffing issues and trying to figure out, you know, how you keep the air conditioning running to how you keep the lights on to, you know, how you just make everybody's life better, you know, and that's the day-to-day of running a business that you have to kind of, you know, knuckle down and do. But, you know, when you work in your passion, you never really work a day. So that's my feeling is, you know, I love what it is that I do. So, you know, I can go home and lay my head on the pillow and feel like, you know, I did good things today. Now, I'm curious with the students, how did you all get into the academy? I got in through my regional center, actually. I told my caseworker that um, I was looking for something because I had just moved into the Temecula area at the time. I've been living, I've only been living in the Temecula area for almost four years now. And I've been in this program for almost three. So in 2018, I told my caseworker that I was looking for something to kind of get me started with what I really wanted to do, which is be like a professional filmmaker. And she told me about this program and I came for a visit and I decided to roll in. So that's how it worked for me. That's cool. You want to do filmmaking. My best friend wants to do filmmaking, Garrett. That's And that's really cool. He's interested in movies as well, like anime, you know, all that jazz. Oh, awesome. I'm not an anime fan, but yeah, I, it's nice to see some that we, you and I, uh, that your friend and I have something in common. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, he loves film. It's all... That's why we call him, give the nickname, a movie man. That's another thing, so. <laughs> I learned about JDS from my Illinois Rachel Center caseworker and decided to apply as a student at it. I waited on a late list for a few months and I got a chance to be in it for a trial period. Things went well the trial period and I was accepted into JDS as a student. How'd you feel when you got accepted? I felt great. So I was looking for an art school for a bit, and then uh, the IRC like uh, decided to come to my house, and they told me about JDS, and that's how I heard about it, and that's how I got in. That's awesome. What do you like about JDS? Everything. It's a lot of fun. Like I get to act, improv, uh, get to record things, and get to talk to everyone. That's the best part. What's the most challenging part of the of the workshop? I think the most challenging part is, that's actually pretty difficult to answer. There are quite a few difficulties, but I think the biggest difficulty is just making sure that you're doing the job you're given right. Because some jobs with some jobs require more work than others. And for example, 
sometimes we have a job that requires some technical work and sometimes, you know, the technology doesn't always work with you. So the biggest challenge is just being able to, you know, being able to get it on a spot and make and hope that, you know, everything goes well so that you can complete your job. So I think that's the biggest frustration. Some uh, the obstacles that are in the way of getting what you want to get done, done. Let me ask you this. Do those obstacles like teach you, you think, job skills? Like punctuality and all that jazz? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, for me, you know, those obstacles kind of taught me um, about, you know, self-control. So I think that's really helpful in a job situation, you know, because you get super frustrated. You want to blow your head off. But I think, you know... In a job situation, you know, learning these obstacles, trying to get through them, you know, it really, it's a, it really tests, you know, how to react. So I think for me, just knowing how to react and under certain situations is really helped me take that into a, a job. I want, I'd like someone else to answer this, but what's your favorite part of the academy? I like to edit videos and stuff because it helps me pertain more skills to overcome and see I could be a professional in the future. Yeah, I could see that. That editing, do you also do audio editing? Because that's my favorite thing to do. I can't do yeah. editing. It's just an overwhelming for me, but audio That's editing. what I also like about editing, where you get oh. edit audio wherever you want to or not, but it feels like an open place to do editing on everything, like video editing, audio mixing, and so forth. So this question is for you, Diane. What does the academy allow you to do that you cannot do in a public school? Well, I think what our academy allows is time. This isn't a pass or fail kind of program. You know, this is, you know, take your time, learn your passion, develop skills. And we are initiating into the program, even an internship part of the program. So that's going to allow the individuals to even put some of their skills into practice in real job settings, which is very different than the school environment. Everything moves at a much quicker pace. Our program, you don't even get through everything that we could even teach you until you've been here about four years. You know, as long as we have something to provide you're welcome to be in our program and to move on uh, and to stay here and be a part of it. So it's a great place for individuals to be able to grow and develop as opposed to take in all this information and have to, you know, process it so quickly in a, you know, a four month, 16 week school setting. So it's basically high school at your own time is the way I understand it. Well, I think we're much more at a professional level. I wouldn't consider the classes that we're teaching at a high school level, um, which is very different. You know, we definitely put in, you know, factors that revolve around the real world. You know, they have deadlines. You know, you heard Garrett talking about sometimes there's some stress and how you react to things and the frustrations. So we're not only teaching the soft skills side, I mean, the technical side, we're also teaching the soft skills side of how you interact with your coworkers, how you deal with challenges that come up, how you deal with things that may change in the moment. Um, Not everything in a school setting, you know, this day you're going in, it's test day. Next day is learning day. And then two days later, you're being tested on it. And you just move through the curriculum where we spend a lot more time on hands-on, 
repetitiveness. So you can really learn how all of how all the functions work into the real life work setting, not necessarily just into the learning environment. It's learning, but the an interactive way that shows you that the life skills that you need to take that is hard for someone who is autistic or foster trauma. I mean, you name it, it's, it's there probably. Now, what would you say to a person that believes a public school system is the best way to learn instead of your academy? Well, I think that there are different learners. You know, everybody is a different learner. Some people learn better in the information in, information out in a testing scenario. And if you can retain that information, then, you know, a school setting is right for you. But, you know, our setting just really gives the opportunity to be in the work environment that they're going to actually end up in as well as in the environment to have your hands on it and be able to work with the equipment, be able to work with other industry professionals, work with different personalities, where in a school setting, sometimes it's just one-on-one, you and the teacher all the time, or just you taking in the information and then turning in your work. And you're not really put in that situation of where you're having to think on your feet, so to speak, because in a school setting, you know what's next. Yeah, you know what's next, but you like to surprise them sometimes. Good teachers surprise, yes. Got it. I understand that. And any one of you can answer is Diane or Nathan, Aaron or Garrett, either one of you. But th- this podcast is honestly about success. So I really want to ask, How does this academy focus on what you can do instead of what someone with autism or someone who's like foster trauma cannot do? I think JDS is all about, you know, just just learning, you know, what you can do and helping you finding your strengths. And when you know your strengths, you can uh, really build with them. You know, you can really use them to do something amazing. So I think that's the main thing about what to answer how this program focuses more on can than can't because, you know, things you can't or struggling or can't do, they try to help you, you know, improve it so that you can become much, a much better work person, so to say. Does Diane or any of like the instructors help you out with that? How do they help you make you better with having a right mindset or how they help you like, I can't do this. And like you say, well, crap, I ain't doing this. Uh-uh, you know, like I can't do this ordeal. They help me work one-on-one with the problems I'm having. Say, for example, we do like an, do some editing. There may be, a, a, I get to a point where I know where I can, but I don't know what else to do from there on out as far as, you know, me as knowledge with the editing program that I'm working on. So like Premiere Pro, for example. So sometimes they will help me, like if I have a problem, they will help me try to fix the problem. Help me teach little like techniques and effects and stuff that will help me get the job uh, done better. Okay. And they teach you like stress management techniques, like, like how to calm down and not like get yeah. overwhelmed. Yeah. What are some stress- of the techniques, if I, if I may ask then? Just breathing exercises for one thing. That's, that's the big thing. And Another thing is like time management, because sometimes you're working on something, you get so caught up with like the amount of time you have and the deadline, you, you need to kind of look at the bigger picture of it. And that's something that I think JDS uh, helps with a lot. So time management is another big thing. I agree because I don't, I don't struggle with time management. I know like when to do stuff. It's not the matter of fact of like doing it. It's the fact that I'm going to do it. 
but it's like doing it either like A, like all in one, or B, doing it right when it's due. I can't like do in the middle and divide my time. So it's not time management, really, because I'm going to do it and find a time to do it. It's doing yeah. it all and not dividing it. That's, exactly. That's my issue. I get what you're saying. That's exactly right. Thank you. Well, I'm going to ask you all to mute again because we got to hear about Wellspring Paint Solutions. So let's hear about them. Hello, everybody. This is Mike Glasscott from the Glass in the Afternoon radio program on News Sports Talk 98.7 and AM 1370 and WGCLradio.com. And on behalf of Wellspring Paint Solutions, they're happy to partner with Sam Mitchell and the Autism Rocks and Rolls podcast. Wellspring Paint Solutions applauds Sam's mission statement to eliminate the stigma associated with autism. Here's what we want you to do. Check out the website, wellspringpainsolutions.com. You'll find out which of the four locations is closest to you. You'll get a chance to meet their team of providers and all the services offered at Wellspring. When you're there, now the fun really begins. You'll find the link to Sam's website where you'll find all his podcasts, background information on his guests, as well as all the merch in his merchandise store. You'll be amazed. You'll have fun. You'll enjoy it. All we ask you to do is take a listen and spread the word that autism rocks and rolls. All right, and we're back. I don't want you to be too nervous to meet these fine people. So now, Diane, I'm more curious about this academy a little more, but I saw your academy has a board. So how does the board help the academy and what do they do to make you grow? We have an amazing board. There are nine board members. Actually, four of the board members, myself included, actually work here at the Academy, which is myself and my husband, who is also the lead instructor who works one-to-one with Nathan, Aaron, and Garrett and the other individuals. He really leads the instruction and the hands-on training as the lead professional in video production. And then we have two other board members that work very closely with the program, Lynn and Johanna. Johanna helped me write the Title 17 program design. And then our other board members, there's five of them. So they outnumber us so they can always outvote us since we work in the work in the industry to make sure there's some objectivity. And they are so proud of the individuals. I know that, you know, Aaron Garrett and Nathan might not see them as much as around here, but they're very in tune. We meet every month. They love to hear all the stories and they really support us in, you know, our financials. They support us in helping us come up with new programs as we want to launch things when we were going into the next phase of bringing in the internship program. One of our board members is actually a father of one of our participants who used to be here. He's no longer, unfortunately, he passed away. He had epilepsy, but he was one of our very first participants who was in the program. And now his father is on our board so um, he can help our mission continue as well. That's really cool. But did you have to have a board right away when you started or did it take some time to like build a board or when did you see? started realizing like, oh, I need to get a board here. Well, as a nonprofit in California, you have to have a board. A nonprofit means that I don't own the business or Scott doesn't own the business. There is no real owner of the business. It's run by a board of directors. This is a community organization. It runs differently than my for-profit business because a for-profit business, you know, the profits go into my pocket and I can make all the decisions and nobody can tell me whether I'm right or wrong. Um, like, ha, in a non- ha, ha. 
right? Exactly. In a nonprofit, even though I'm the founder of the organization and I'm the president of the board and the executive director here at the organization, I still have to answer to the board. You know, they are my boss and, you know, they definitely, you know, I have to report to them what we do here, what's going on, what our policies are, you know, and when challenges arise, they make for a great sounding board to help me solve those problems. And they also hold me accountable, you know, so it's very important. I, I rely heavily on my board and I'm very thankful for them. But we've had our board since we um, launched the nonprofit in 2014. Our board members have changed. The main four of us have been with it since the very beginning, but the other five you know, now our board, some of our board members have been with us for four or five years now, but we do, you know, every once in a while, it's a two-year term. So they do kind of either decide to stay on longer than two years. And sometimes we have to go out and find new board members. And we're always looking for good people to put on our board and even grow our board so more people can be involved as well as help make a difference. And also guide me because I learn something new every day. That's the fun of being an entrepreneur. I get that up is, and I come to that work. That is the fun of being an entrepreneur. You get to learn something every day, but you also get to make money and also grow as a person and as a business. And that's so beautiful. I looked at your website. And I must say, I'm impressed with all the media coverage you got. You've gotten CBS, NBC, Fox, a lot more. But how did you feel about all the news coverage and the media attention you all have gotten? Well, I'll start and then they can kind of share how they feel about it. You know, I, I love the attention that we're getting. I've been on a mission this year of getting us more and more attention and putting us out there, hence how we found you. And now we're on your podcast and we love getting that exposure. I think it's important for our messaging to be able to tell the world that people with autism or special needs, they're just like everyone else. They want to, you know, have a career of passion. They want to work their dreams. And, you know, everyone just wants to have an independent, successful life. So that is, I think, the, the perk of being in all of these news outlets is our individuals get to be highlighted for who they are and their special talents. And it also starts spreading the message to other businesses that uh, you too can employ individuals. You know, I always say, that, you know, our individuals, they can absolutely do the job. You know, going in for the interview is probably going to be the toughest part about the job, but we are opening those doors to say, you know, they might not be able to look you right in the eye and tell you everything that's going on with how they got there and what they can do. But if you put them to work, they're going to show you what they can do. And you're going, you're going to have the most loyal, creative, spectacular employees that are going to only increase your bottom line. I would agree with you because what I don't know what happens with me, but when I work, it's like a switch goes off and I'm just focusing on doing the task and doing it the way it's supposed to be. But I may break a little bit of rules. I'm not going to lie. I may do it my way and stock the shelves a different way. Well, I think we're all can be rule breakers. That's okay. As long as we're kind to other people, that is, you know, and you're looking out for your neighbor, we can all do things our own way. And I think that's what we're trying to teach is that be yourself, be you. I think that's Erin's even writing a, a great PSA that she'll be coming out with here in uh, the next month or so. You know, be you. It's okay to be you. I'm doing a PSA too. It's about making friends. But now, Erin, I'm going to put you on a spot. Talk about this PSA. 
All right, so the, I thought about this PSA because I thought it would be a very important thing to talk about. Because, like, honestly, I've, I've had my own experiences of that subject. Like, I was afraid of being my true self, but, like, lately of all the things that's been going on, I'm, I've been becoming a lot more, comp- like, confident. And so that's why I'm, I thought, let's make a PSA about uh, BU. Well, that's a really good idea. I've had experience of not being myself either, so I totally can relate to you. Now, Diane, I'm curious. I saw on your website, you were also on Business Innovators, and you're the creator of the spirit of innovation. So what is exactly the spirit of innovation? And when did you learn exactly you were going to be on the podcast, Business Innovators? The Business Innovators podcast was one of the first podcasts I actually did at the top of the year. And that was super exciting. It also led me that podcast got transcribed and I got invited to be a part of a book. So now I'm a published author. So that was super exciting to be able to have a podcast turn into an actual book. And now I'm even on the path of writing my next book. So that's exciting to to do that. And that's, you know, going back to all the exposure, you know, I'm just trying to get recognition for our individuals so they can find their true dream. And that's when people ask me, I, you know, my job is now to make dreams come true. And I do that by providing hope and I define that by helping one person every day. And spirit of innovation kind of takes on that same feeling. It's all about the spirit of hope, the spirit of innovation, telling good stories. We tell the need to know, but we really dive into the good to know. And all three of these individuals, as well as the other, you know, 18 plus individuals who are here at the Academy, we work on the spirit of innovation. It's our monthly news and information show. Think of like what a 60 minutes TV show is. That's our show, but it's local to Riverside County. And then our individuals also do a little micro version of that show and it's called the SOI update. You can see that logo behind Erin in her window. Erin is actually also a co-host of the Spirit of Innovation with our main host, Gabriella Ventura. And she does all the good to know community events live on camera. And Garrett and Nathan, they work camera on it and they work directing on it. They write their micro version of the show, SOI. I think we're recording a live episode today and Garrett's the director, if I'm not mistaken of that episode today. And Nathan, you can, I'm, I'm not quite quick on what your position is today, but um, he's working on it. And they all also do a radio show that is on air seven days a week. So they're super busy and they're out there putting themselves out there providing news and information, which is we live in Riverside County and there's 2.4 million people here. And because we're kind of greater Los Angeles, when we turn on the TV, We watch news for LA County. And so everything that we hear is, you know, 50, 60 miles away. So we're considered a media desert here in Riverside County, but we've changed that because we do spirit of innovation, the SOI update and the JDS Creative Academy radio news. We provide news and information to 2.4 million people in our region about things that go on here, the good to know, the need to know, and a little bit of feature stories about other good nonprofits and other good things that go on in our community. Now, I'm going to ask you to mute again because we got to hear about a new, we got to hear about Donnie's Bells Bill Automotive. So let's hit it. 
Bell's Built Automotive, Towing and Recovery in Salisbury, Indiana. Visit them today. Bell's Built Automotive, Towing and Recovery is owned and operated by Donnie Bell. Bell says that working on cars has always been a passion of his. Like me, he started by helping friends and family and now owns a thriving business. He treats each customer as family, giving them the best quality work. Whether it be exhaust work, brakes, shocks, or a simple oil change, Bell offers quality work. If you are ever broken down on the road, just let Bell know. He can tow you to the shop and get you back on the road. Bell's Built Automotive Towing and Recovery can be found at 12259 East Chapel Road in Salisbury, Indiana. You can reach these fine folks at 812-825-3220. You can also visit their website online at bellsbuiltautomotive.com. Bells take cash, credit, and debit cards. Visit in person, online, or give them a call today. You will definitely not be sorry. All right, and we're back. And yes, please check them out as they will help you out greatly. This is just for students, but can you go around and just tell me what program you are in, please? They pretty much know everything we have to offer, and they kind of move around the program. You can hear they all have their own special niche that they work in, but one of the beauties about our program is they get to work a little bit in, in, in everything. So while Garrett's focused on directing and producing, sometimes he has to edit, sometimes he has to write, sometimes he's actually on camera. And same with Erin, while her focus is in the creative arts and costume design, and she talks about that for her future. She's a great on-camera host, so you know maybe she'll go down the acting route a little bit more, or she'll do some on-camera reporting. And Nathan, you know, he's relatively new to the program. He's only been in our program probably about three months now and uh, maybe a little bit longer. And he came to us already with skills. He had made his own video before he had ever even come into our program. We have a program called DigiFest. I heard you mentioned it, which it's not a program as part of the training program. It's another program that the nonprofit does that all of the individuals even in the academy can also participate in, which is they get to submit their work that they've done, whether they did it as an academy member or they did it outside of the academy, to submit their work into a competition. And they've all been very well recognized for their work um, that they've done here, as well as on their own and things that they did without even our help or our training or our teaching. That's a really positive thing that, you know, that we have lots of, you know, they all participate in our haunted studio and those aren't directly related to the video production training program, but there are other things that go on here that allow them to have other creative outlets, even if it's not a true pursuit of what they want to do for the rest of their life. It's fun things to volunteer for and get involved in and put accolades into their toolbox. How does the Academy help you become a more of a confident person? Being here at the Academy kind of helps me gain confidence because helps me know that the projects that I've been working on, I can take that with me into the future. Say I need to get a job. I can show them I worked on this. I did this and I did that. And that will uh, maybe show them uh, my talent and they might be impressed enough to hire me. So that's how it helped me gain confidence. I'm learning to more to be independent and self-advocate for myself so I can help my, my confidence. I gain my confidence by through the teamwork and then also being able to work on my own as well. 
And like Garrett said, like the things that we create here, like especially when it's the independent project, we can show it to other people it's in, and show that you can do many things too. Awesome. I, yeah, it seems like you a lot can do a lot of things with your passion. Now, Diane, I'm curious, what do you hope students take with them after they leave the academy? Well, I hope they take their skill with them and they take their self-confidence and take, you know, and they go down the pathway that we're helping carve out for them, whatever that may be. You know, the one thing about working in this industry is that there's lots of things that you can do bringing parts of this, whether, you know, things that they're learning because they have, they're learning writing skills and they're learning video skills. They can put that together and work in social media. They can work in marketing. They can work in, they could go to work in the entertainment industry doing some writing. They can work in radio. They can work in industrials and news and journalism. And they're getting a taste of all of those things. So I don't know that everybody's quite figured out what they want to do with the rest of their life yet or what maybe that next step is. And that's the beauty of the program is they're all going to, you know, eventually get an opportunity to step into the workplace, earn a little money and see if that is a good fit for them or if maybe they need to redirection that. So the opportunities are endless. And, you know, I just hope that they, when they do leave here, that, you know, they go on and keep fulfilling their dreams and their passions and know that, you know, we have a saying around here, the hashtag JDS family. And even once you leave, you're still part of the family. You know, they can come back and visit and share with um, new participants who come in the program as well as go on and fulfill their life. And they, they come, do they come back ever? Do some come back and be guest speakers or anything like that? Uh, we have had some guest speakers. Uh, we've had some individuals who've come back and visit. You know, sometimes when they leave, they got to go spread their wings for a little while and, and get their footing again and then come back. You know, some have left to go take jobs and maybe not directly related to video production, but they've gone and they've gotten a job and the soft skills and the dealing with stress and frustrations and time management, the things that they're learning here, they still transfer over to whatever that next job is, even if they're not making videos anymore. Now I'm going to ask you to mute one more time because we got to hear about Little Blue's Tattoos. Visit Little Blue's Tattoos to get inked at 3870 W3rd Street, Bloomington, Indiana, 47404. Or call them at 812-332-8282. They are the best in town. Their work is exceptional. And I promise you, you'll get an excellent tattoo. All right, and we're back. So now these are just for the students. What do you enjoy doing outside of the academy? For me, when I'm outside the academy at, at uh, home, I'm a, I'm a big movie buff. So I uh, have my own little work I do on my laptop regarding uh, certain future projects I might want to do. And also um, maybe work on some my personal versions of movies that exist I would have done differently. That, But that's one of the reasons why I'm in this academy. I wanted to, because um, I have some projects I would love to do in the future if I ever become like a professional filmmaker. Maker. And that's why I'm in this program to help me get started to uh, get to where I can actually make those projects. Awesome. That's awesome. I hope that you, you do make bigger projects than what you are. I could see you making bigger projects, man. Thank you. What I do outside my outside GDS as a free time, I usually work on my computer and I usually do 3D models of Legos and because I'm physically good at them. 
and I tried to make my own animation films, my own studio uh, projects with Adobe products and so forth. Well, that's cool. You're better at Legos than me. Only I can build with a Legos a tower. That's it. For me, when I'm outside the studio, when I'm at home, I would usually practice a bit of acting, like also work on digital art and also doing cosplay. And that's where uh, costume design comes in. I I love doing cosplay very much. Have you ever dressed up as a clown? Have you done that at all? Or I, cra- yeah, like I any crazy cr- costumes? I was going to say the, yeah, the costumes I choose. Uh, there, there's some crazy ones, but like, well, like for the most part, like I, I have a, a ton of fun, like dressing up. And- so now these are just for more fun. So this is for everybody. So what's like your paradise meal or your favorite food? And why is it your favorite? My personal food is, has to be pizza because I, as a toddler, my mom actually fed me that stuff. And ever since then, I was really addicted to it. Yeah, I'm a pizza lover too. I'm with uh, Nathan on that one. Awesome. I'm a big pizza guy too. I'm a big sausage pizza guy. That's me. And then for me, like, I'm going to have to say steak is my favorite food, like medium rare. But like, I can't really decide what raisin, but it's just my favorite. Uh, Like ribeye, sirloin, T-bone, you like all those or? Sirloin. I'm right there with Aaron. We need to go out for a steak dinner together. I I love to eat steak and potatoes. (laughs) What type of potatoes? Mashed potatoes, like a baked potato or? Baked potato. Butter, sour cream, and chives. (laughs) That's my dad's too. He's a big steak guy too. He's he's all potatoes. He doesn't care about the potato, whatever they are. Yes, me too. So now, what is your favorite movie or TV show, and why do you like it? Oh, wow, I have a lot of favorite movies. It's really hard to choose. I usually, um, I'm also a big Oscar buff, so I love to watch a lot of Oscar-nominated and Oscar-winning films. If I had to think of one right off the top of my head right now, I'd say Mary Poppins. I grew up watching Mary Poppins. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. It's, it's a masterpiece. My favorite movie series has to be Star Wars. Because it's a cinema classic, it's a masterpiece, and I could go on and on all day about it, but I usually don't talk about the Disney films so much. I have a ton of favorite shows and movies too, but I'm going to have to say my favorite movie ever has to be The Shining. Like, the main reason is the the creepy atmosphere and, like, just um, the camera work in that movie is really great too. That's one of the reasons why I love that movie very much. Oh, I have to say, I love hearing all this. It's it's really great. I am even getting to know my participants uh, even better as we sit here. Well, I'm a TV girl. I always have been. I grew up watching TV and I work in television. So I love TV and my favorite show, which I watch every single day and I've been watching since I was a little girl is General Hospital. I'm a soap opera watcher. And so I watch General Hospital every day. I still do. I even, thankfully, my dream job, I got to work on General Hospital. So um, I've worked there and um, now I still watch it every day. So I'd have to say that's my favorite. Cool. It's different. Let's say a lot of variety answers on those, must say, but I'm going to take the variety down a little bit because I want to know what has been your favorite vacation that you have ever taken and why did you enjoy that vacation very much? Now, the vacation could be like an individual one you've all taken, one you took as an academy, your call. I just need a vacation from someone. For me, my favorite vacation was a trip to Maui I took when I was eight. That was an amazing uh, trip. I would love to do it again someday. What was cool about Maui, if you don't mind me asking? 
It was so much fun. We stayed at this beautiful hotel and got to swim and got a beautiful view of the beach and the ocean. And I got to go on a little trek in the Hawaiian jungle for a bit, which was a lot of fun. I was supposed to go snorkeling out in the ocean. I, I couldn't, but if I were ever to go back, I would love to do that again someday. And yeah, that, that's, that was my, that's my favorite vacation that I've ever taken. My favorite vacation that I did was in 2019. I went to Arizona during Christmas time. I have a advice that it's actually a good place to visit during Christmas time because the difference is that people are different over there than over here. And that's kind of like a big personality change. All right, for me, my favorite vacation was back in 2009 when my family and I went to Nevada to stay in Vegas. We got a room in the, the Luxor, so we... Like the room that we were in, we got a huge, like beautiful site. It was so wonderful. Vacations. Well, I, I've been fortunate. I've had some very nice vacations. I actually just got back from vacation about a week and a half ago. Went to the Dominican Republic. I wouldn't say that was my favorite. My favorite would have to be when I went to Turks and Caicos. But I'm with you, Garrett. I love Maui. That was wonderful. Um, went there on my honeymoon. I would love to go back. Um, love Vegas. Love Arizona. I love to travel. So um, that's that's a harder one than the TV show where you guys couldn't pick one movie or one TV show. I can't. I don't know that I can pick one place. I, I have a pretty long bucket list of places I want to visit still. Me too, actually. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I just like to travel. I think it's important. Um, I love to see how other cultures live. I love to see how other people, you know, deal with their day to day. And I like to go look at houses in, you know, different parts of the country and the world and that kind of stuff. So I think that's really fascinating. I'm the opposite because I'm not saying I like to travel. I love to travel, but I prefer seeing the United States because I'm scared. I'm going to break a rule in one of theirs in the other states by accident, like in South America by accident. And then I'm, and then I'm in prison by unintentionally. And I'm not even kidding when I say that. I, that's a real fear of mine. Now, this is the final question. Are there any good memories that you want to tell our viewers about? If you do, why do you remember that memory the most? Now, any of you can answer, but if you answer, we, I need a good memory that just made you feel, feel good inside and a funny memory that made you fall on the floor. And the answer could be in the academy, out of the academy, just you being you, one evolved, three witnessed even. I really don't care. The answer is your call. Wow, that's a, that's a hard one. I have quite a few good memories, but the one I'm going to say right now off the uh, top of my head was when, when I was uh, little, well, not little, I was 13 at the time. I went to an uh, Academy Award exhibit in downtown Hollywood, and I actually got to hold an Oscar. That was incredible. So that's one of my all-time favorite memories. That's cool, man. Did you get to pose for pictures? We forgot to bring a camera, unfortunately. I wish we did. So, but uh, what I forgot. Oops, the camera. Yeah, it's because we were so busy trying to figure out getting there, getting the directions and all. It's like whenever I have to travel, I'm always having to be the navigator trying to figure out the directions, how to get there at the right time and all. So we were so busy with that that we literally forgot to bring a camera. <laughs> Oh, I have two favorite memories of my past I actually like a lot. One was about my grandparents, and they're still around me physically, and the other side and all that. My other favorite memory is I got to see Stan Lee in person right in front of me during Los Angeles con uh, Convention Center for the Books of Festival, and I actually got to have this book signed by him for myself. Wow. 
Do you have any funny memories that made you like laugh or? Well, let's see. I actually got to see Gay Girl Dave Squirrel's mother one time, and we were just chit chatting during the book signing, and I was just actually happy about that, and it actually made me feel a good person and all that. I have a lot of favorite memories to recall, but like I'll talk about two of them. When I when I took a trip to Disneyland, like when it was very often when I was younger. It had to be that time, like, when I used to watch, like, the cast members uh, sketching a bunch of Disney characters. And then, and then when I heard that was a job, that was when I decided, hey, I want to do that, too. And then my second memory, my favorite one has to be when I, I think I went to Huntington, like, when I was five years old. And, uh, and because I saw, like, a telescope and I went up to look through that and I got a photo of that. And ever since that day... That has been my favorite photo ever. Ah, what's the funny memory? The funny memory. Yeah, like something made you fall, like made you laugh. Like a story recently that... I don't know, honestly. Well, mine are probably a little bit more of sentimental as well, uh, memories. You know, I have three kids, so the memory of when all of them were born just makes my my heart sing. As far as that goes, those are very sentimental memories. As far as a funny memory... Well, I, I, I do funny things all the time. I make other people laugh all the time. I don't know that it makes me laugh, but, um, you know, just being silly, you know, I, I can, I get silly with my kids and, and laugh, you know, I, I'm sure these three probably don't see me doing all those kind of funny, quirky things. They always see me in, you know, business mode kind of stuff. You know, I like to have a good time just like the rest of them. So, you know, just having a good laugh. I love just hanging out with my friends and laughing till it hurts. Well, I think that's all. You have any closing remarks, Diane or Nathan, Aaron, Garrett? Uh, just uh, thank you for uh, interviewing us. This was, uh, this was a good experience. Thank you. Of course. Well, it's been great having you all. Y'all have a great day now. Thank you, Sam. Yeah, Thanks you for too. having us on. You. you too. You too. Thank you. Thanks for waiting for this episode. Please tune in for another episode coming in very soon. Hope you enjoyed listening to me ramble. Thank you very much. Three.